People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. I like Wes Isley. I like everything about him. All right, on today's episode, we have a magician buddy of mine. I'm so happy to have this guy. Uh, Jason Palter, a Canadian magician. They have magicians all the way up in Canada, too. Canada. Canada. <laughs> in Canada, too. And this guy, I mean, he's over the border, but he's a cool dude. Um, I love him. I don't know what else I could say about him. He's a funny guy. He he was there for me uh, when I was going through Penn & Teller Fool Us. He yeah. coached me every step of the way, and it was a phone call I could make 24 hours a day if I had any questions. The guy's like a brother to me. I'm so happy to have him in my life. Everybody, it's Jason Poulter. What's up, buddy? Thank you. Thank you very much, Wes. I'm happy to have you guys in my life, too. Thank you. What did I say, Canada? Yeah, how's Canada, how's Jason? How's Canada? It's a foreign winter place. It's always snowy. It's good. It's good. Oh gosh. So, what's things up there with uh, with COVID now? We we're haven't talked to you in over a year. Um, are things open? How are how are shows up there? Are people doing magic now, or everybody's still locked down? What's for sure, to be clear, we haven't spoken on this platform. You and I speak more often, but yes, it's yeah. uh, uh, we've spoken before. I hope we've spoken before that. It's um, yeah, we're heading down to another thing because the new uh, new variant is out. But and you remember, guys, I um, my wife and I got COVID last March, March twenty. Oh, sorry, just, what was that? Eight months ago, so, um, uh, March twenty um, this, this year. Okay. So uh, it was yeah. It yeah. Was, it was not, it was not, I've, n- I've never been that sick. Never been that sick in my life. It was, un- it was unreal. Unreal. But, uh, yeah, so things are shutting down again for uh, holiday season, it seems like. We're not in total lockdown, and hopefully we don't go to that point. Um, but it's tough. You know, I walk around the grocery store, uh, shopping mall, and, and you know, you, you see everybody in front of you, and, and that's certainly how we are up here with, you know, everyone's wearing masks and, and, and you know, most people aren't good at it. It makes me sad because this is just not how we were programmed as human beings to be. I mean, just, you know, you, you, I, I miss seeing people's smiles and, right. and all that. But it is what it is. What is I mean, your your kids now, your your babies will have, your twins will have absolutely no memory of anybody not having masks until we're finally, like, when the world isn't like this. Because what a time for them to be born. Right. It's so crazy, too, because... I'm a hugger, man. I, I go to church and I, I hug everybody I see and that's just how I introduce myself to people. I, I, I hug my friends, I hug family and now everybody wants you to stay away from them, wear a mask and you know. Do an elbow bump or fist bump. Even yeah. fist bumps people are like iffy of nowadays and yeah. it's like, man, where's that connection? It's it's hard and I had a show yesterday where um I got five kids on stage and they were all masked. I wasn't, but they were all masked. And uh, it's hard to see the smile and the interaction and the reaction when the kids, you know, their mouth gapes open. Their eyes didn't change when their mouth gapes open. Right. So it's right, right. So difficult. It is. It, it's it's a real it, it, it's a real challenge on so so many levels. Um, and you know, I, again, I guess different regions depends where you go. I don't know what it's like for you guys down there, but I mean, our cases once again are 
going up and uh, you've got, you know, such a divide of people who, you know, are, you know, vaccine, not vaccine, anti-vaccine, uh, this is a conspiracy, this isn't real, it's not that bad, and and, and it, it's, it's sad as well because, I mean, you're hearing stories of people, at least certainly up here, and I'm sure down in the U.S. as well, it's just, it's dividing families. So I've got a friend of mine, she does quite a bit of work for me, and she is adamant about not getting vaccinated, her and her son. And we don't discuss it. I, you know, this, this is not, we, we, we talk about lots of other things. We don't talk about this. It's sort of like, you know, you don't talk about politics, religion, or vaccination. But right. her family is less and less wanting to be uh, with her. Or you go on an outdoor visits or anything like that, it's dividing her as well uh, from them. So it's too bad. It's, 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 it's a very challenging time this globe is going through. Um, and yet it's amazing for people who, like ourselves, who are in business for ourselves, because we work for ourselves, we're entrepreneurs. And, and it was an amazing uh, line that, that, that I heard um, that was uh, from a coach, and, I, and I've been stealing this, but it's a great line. It says, Entre-, and, and I would say this to all the magicians and the performers out there as well, because we're all entrepreneurs. It says, entrepreneurs today are what warriors were in the Middle Ages. And I thought that was such a powerful line because we have had to figure this out because we don't work for a company. Right. We don't have sick leave. We don't have benefits. We're doing this all ourselves. How do we do this? We're warriors. We're absolute warriors. Um, and, you know, you can, you, can, you can look at the negativity of, oh, my gosh, it's bad, 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 but also look at what we figured out to do. Like for magic, Wes, I can't remember. Did you did you guys do a lot of virtual shows, or were you just live? We did about twelve. Twelve, right? So even that, if I was, if, if we as magicians were to talk, then talk, you know, before the plague hit in in twenty twenty, and say, this is what's going to happen, and people are going to pay us to do virtual shows, we're going to set up lights and cameras and everything in our houses. We we just laugh and say, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but we're doing it. Yeah, we've done it. I mean, some people, it, it, it's astounding. It's just astounding in how people are, your companies have said, no, we will never let you work from home. You have to come in the office. And these companies have figured out to have a workforce successfully working from home. It's tremendous. It's just, a, a, I mean, obviously a, a, a massage therapist won't be able to do that. You can't do that from a distance. But how many people who didn't think they'd be able to do what they do and figured it out. We figured it out. So, I mean, that's, you know, it, it, it's, it's such a horrible time for so many, for all of us, but for so many people who've lost loved ones and, 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 and have been sick or whatever, but also the triumphs that we've hit as well, I think is quite, is quite tremendous. That's yeah. a very positive way to think about it. That's awesome. I like it. Thank you. I Thank like you. being thought of as a warrior. I, can I be an Amazonian warrior? I said, I like being thought of as a warrior. I want to be an Amazonian warrior. Wonder ah. Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Sure. And, <laughs> and, and, and Natalie, you've you got the height as well, so it's perfect. Because apparently awesome. Amazons were, t- were tall as well, so it's perfect. That's there you great. go. Being an Amazonian, that's great. Yes. <laughs> I'm scared of her, Jason. I don't hey, mess with Hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, uh, this whole thing, uh, you're talking about... Uh, covid and everything and you know the the positive was we're a warrior we we are adaptable we pulled through it somehow some way entertainment lived through all that 
telling you you can't. You can't go to restaurants. You can't go to theaters. You can't do this. You can't do that. We turned it around and made it happen. We can. No, this what we're going to do it this That's way. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't always look the same. It's shaped differently in some ways, but we're still doing it, and we. this is not what's going to wipe out the human race. We will figure this out, and we are. But, uh, it, it, I, again, it, it's... it's t- and, of course, I mean, now I appreciate you saying that, you know, my, my positivity, I try to be optimistic about stuff, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm human as well. I get down on this stuff, too, and you get... I get a little depressed and a little sad sometimes, but it's what I always say. When you're faced with something, y'all have two choices. You either lay down in a ditch or die, or lay down in a ditch and die, or number two, Nike. Just do it. Yeah. You have to. There's no choice. There's no... Look, you guys just had twins, plus you got a kid, and you guys have got animals and shows to do and money to make. How do you do? I don't know. You just figure it out. Um... And anybody who has kids, you know, when you're when the baby is get has a cold and is sick and is up all night crying, you're figuring, I'm just going to scream. How am I going to do it? And you look back on it years later and say, How did I figure that out? I just did. I just did it. And right. this is what I think, in many ways, as horrible a time as this is, as we are trying to be resilient and get through what we are. You know, people will be writing books and telling stories about this for generations. We just did it. We, we, we had to. We had no other choice. Exactly. Well, I, I remember, so I became friends with Penn Jillette during this whole pandemic thing. You know, my Foolless episode aired. They're doing my trick in their show. He's emailing me. Mm-hmm. And um, I was on the treadmill, and I got an email from Penn. And I came in the house just glowing. And I'm like, Natalie, what do I say back? What do I say back? Because I'm, I'm extra thinking it, you know? How is he going to take it? Because yeah. when you talk to somebody on the phone, you can hear their intent. You can hear their laughter. When you write something sure. snarky on an email, it, it, you don't know if it's a joke. You don't know if they're being rude. You don't know. Right. So I'm getting her to tweak this email that I'm sending him back in, in 50 different ways. Does that look all right? Is that okay? Okay, I'm pushing send. Oh, no, I'm sending it to my friend. Natalie, does it look okay? <laughs> but I told him, he said, uh, how's everything going? I said, man, I'm a... I'm a unemployed magician in a pandemic with uh, new uh, newborn twins on the way. Uh, but I'm doing all right. And he just emailed me back and said, this too shall pass. And a, just yeah. a warm feeling came over me, and I'm like, he is 100% right. You know, I can stress I can stress all day long, but this too shall pass. He's 1,000% right. It was perfect words from a guy that talks nonstop and, and is verbose and loud and just this too shall pass was that was the words I needed to hear that day. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's lovely. And it's a lovely torch to take to pass on to one of your friends or family or whatever, who are saying the same thing. And you just say, it, 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 it'll be okay. It's good. Well, you will get through this. You will figure this out. This isn't your first rodeo. It won't be your last. Um, and, uh, this too shall pass. It's, it, it's, it's true. It, it's, uh, it's great. Good. It's good. It looks good to say that. And I'm glad, and I'm glad that it that it landed on you in 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 such a way that you were able to uh, to take that in, in in that way, and and and, and it helped. So that's good. Well, I mean, Natalie is in the office. She does all the booking. She helps in every show, loading and unloading, and taking care of the kids and making dinners. And I mean, she does a ton. And yeah, you know, I can brag about her all day long. But in my mind and the back of my head, as a man, I'm the breadwinner of the family. That's not true. 
I mean, she works her butt off, but in my head, yeah. I have to support this family and keep this family afloat because everybody, it, you know, is, it, it, my words are wrong and I know it might sound bad. Everybody's on my coattails. I need to book that show. I need to have money coming in to feed the family. Right. So, um, you know, I'm out in the gym and that's really on my head. I'm really struggling. I get newborn babies on the way. Holy crap. What are we going to do? And, you know, this too shall pass. It's like, yeah. Yep. That's 100% right. It is amazing also when you look at what we, our friends, people you hear about around the world, our family, have in the darkest times with the littlest bits, how they've figured it out. They've gotten assistance, they've gotten help, they've gotten a helping hand, they've gotten some advice, they, they, they heard words from a, a famous magician, like, like Penn saying that to you. Something happens where you just, you do it, you get through it, and you're able to look back on it and say, holy crap, I mean, it, it, I, I did it. And it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it, it, it's a good feeling um, to do that. It, it's, uh, yeah, just, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say on that. It's true. Yeah. So... We spent 10 minutes on um, COVID. <laughs> now let's do um, one more um, scary subject, and then we'll get to the fun stuff. Because last year when we were talking on our podcast, we were talking about restaurants and how, you know, I got my start in restaurants. I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for restaurants. A lot of people poo-poo restaurants, but I think restaurants are a really great thing for magicians, especially somebody beginning 100%. to learn their 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 chops to learn how to talk to strangers, to read an audience, you know, uh, and you get a chance to do it every six minutes. Uh, you know, you can try that yeah. trick out a thousand times. I want to get into all that. But you had another health scare this year besides COVID. Tell everybody about that. So, I mean, again, it, 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 it is what it is. But I, uh, I had a major heart attack three and a half months ago. Um, and I almost perished from it. It was it was extremely close. Now, you know, if you've seen my pictures online or watched me on Fool, Pen and Teller Fool Us, if you met me in person, you see I'm not a heavy guy. I mean, yeah, sure, I can lose some weight, and I don't smoke, I don't drink. Uh, yeah, I probably haven't as exercised as much as I should have in the past year and a half, sitting on my butt during COVID. But you know, fairly healthy and. Um, I had a major heart attack. What they told me, what they told me afterwards is, is that, that people who go through me, I guess they have an average in this country, whatever. Apparently, a very, very small percentage of people make it. I mean, I was, I had to be shocked back into life. I had, uh, I had a near death experience. I was airlifted by a, uh, a helicopter to uh, ambulance and, and and all this stuff. I mean, it was, it was quite. Um, it was quite significant. And again, when anybody has had an experience like that, you know, it make, make, makes you think, makes you reconsider stuff and all that. So I'm, I'm doing better. Thank goodness. Uh, I was very, very fortunate. Uh, a lot of, most people uh, don't get the, the chance. And as I say, I wasn't done. I had more time to spend with my my amazing wife and amazing children and my clients and my friends like you and my family and Whatever, but it, 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 you know, things I also just, everything happens because it's supposed to happen. And, you know, 
it's inspired a lot of my friends to say, you know what, I'm going to go get my blood pressure checked in my gut. You know what, I'm going to go get back on that treadmill again. You know, I'm going to uh, go get some blood testing, check my cholesterol, that in my case, it was, you know, yes, stress-related, but certainly hereditary, and there's not much you can do about that. Um, but when a friend of mine last week said to me, you know, my goodness, she's what a year you've had. I mean, forget everything in business and COVID and all that. You guys got horrible COVID, very, very serious uh, in March, and you had this heart attack. Like, what a year you've had. And I said, you know, it's one way of looking at it, but the other way I can look at it is, I'm alive. I made it. <laughs> like, I won the lottery. I made it. And it's tough to do that at times. But right. that's that's the attitude. So it is, yeah. So it was that. That was that was my, my scare. And as I say, I'm getting better. And everyone who's I've known, who's spoken to, and had a heart attack, I say, yeah, about a year, you'll start to feel even better and better. Um, and thank goodness, I'm on the right medication. I'm on the right programs to do what I have to do, and it'll be fine. But uh, it just shows you, in the blink of an eye, everything can change. And you think you have control over it? Nope, you have none. You have absolutely no control. When I think about how I've you know, the, the timing of this. Had my wife not called the ambulance when she did, wait another 15 or 20 minutes. You guys would be talking to you right now through a medium. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, just, it would be a, it'd be a, different, a different thing. So it's, life is short. And we, we have our challenges. And we and just sometimes you just have to push through and whatever. Sorry, Natalie, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Oh, no, you didn't interrupt me. No, no, oh, no. I'm sorry, that one must have been just static on the line. Sorry, I thought I heard... That was somebody um, else coming through, yeah, medium. Yeah, somebody right. else that didn't make it. Who <laughs> brought a spirit through somehow. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. So that was my, um, uh, that was it. And I'm, I'm I listen, I'm, I'm very grateful um, for, I, 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 I simply cannot stress enough, first responders, doctors, hospital, these people, I don't know how they do what they do. I mean, like first responders, a very close friend of mine is a police officer. I can't tell you how often. A very dear friend of mine. I tell, I always say to him, "Thank you for your service." He just smiles at me, and I say to him, "You understand? You deal with the problems of people, the issues in society that nobody wants to deal with, so they call you." Holy crap! Uh, and I've had firsthand experience now, which I've never had before. I've never been in an ambulance before, never been in a hospital before, nothing like this. And what they do? I mean, for me, that was a horrible. I almost perished Tuesday. But for those paramedics, they just call that Tuesday morning. <laughs> They're <laughs> off to do another call after that. And a, a friend of mine uh, is a doctor, but he used to be um, a trauma unit doctor. And we were having a long chat about this, about how do you do that? You know, how do you face that, helping people and all that? He goes, I don't even think, and he's telling me stories of, you know, people who come in near death, et cetera. And I'm, I'm listening. I want to faint just listening to what he's saying. I said, how do you do that? He goes, Jason, you're a magician and a speaker. You stand up in front of 500 people without even blinking and just talk to them. I go, yeah. He goes, oh, my God, Jason, I'm ready to vomit just even thinking about that right now. So it's that old story of City Mouse, Country Mouse. We do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But these, these first responders, uh, doctors in the hospital, and, of course, for what they're going through now, holy crap, during COVID as well, I am so inter- – I mean, you can't – I wrote, I wrote the, the hospital letters. I wrote the, the paramedics, the helicopter, everything. I wrote them all thank you letters. I just, I can't put into words what you do and what it does for people. And to them, it's a job. That's what they do. But I don't, I just don't think 
they hear it enough. Gratitude, gratitude. I don't actually. I don't think a lot of people hear gratitude enough. Too many complaining, uh, too much complaining about stuff. But to to hear the, the gratitude of someone, just you know, and it doesn't have to be big. It'd be hey, thanks for holding the door open for me. It'd be something as simple as that. But um, yeah, so that that was that was my experience, and I'm and I'm I'm very grateful to be here. And, you uh, had the you yeah. had the same experience as uh, Houdini. Houdini told that to his doctor in his deathbed. Um, you know, you you remember that story, I don't right? Know that story. No, it was it was something no, to the effect of um, you know, uh, I wish I would have done something better with my life, Doc. And he's like, Houdini, you you are, yeah, but you save people and you do this. And he's like, yeah, but you perform for people all over the world, and you you are the great Houdini. All of my life is a lie. I pretend you you actually save people. Thank you. And, you know, it's it's like the same exact sentiments that you had. But if you look at it from a different... I've never heard that story. Yeah. Go ahead, Natalie, If you look at it from a different point of view, the doctor saves lives, and that's extremely important. But Houdini Mm. brought joy to a lot of people's lives and did the whole thing that we've talked about before where you can just get away and forget your everyday problems for that little bit while you're watching, and that brings... Yes. That helps people in a different way. So he needed to look on the bright side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. But it's true, you know. I mean, how often do we get, I don't know, you always hear stories of magicians, actors, performers who will, I don't know, have someone come and visit them and say, you know, I had, we had just lost our dog. She was 13 years old. I was at the horrible time in my life, blah, blah, blah. And I came to see your show. And what you did with that deck of cards and that, that, that little kid who came up to act on stage and everyone was giggling said, it touched me so much. And yes, as performers are going, oh, thanks, it's, it's our job. I'm glad I made a difference. But we do make a difference in people's lives. I agree with you, Natalie. It's different, of course, not like a doctor and all that. But we, we do make a difference and we do inspire and we do help people who had a horrible week or a horrible day or whatever it is to just sit down with me for five minutes at the restaurant table, let me perform magic at your table or, or, or um, uh, um, you know, whatever. You're, you're coming to see my half-hour show or whatever just to forget about life for a bit, that all the complexities and the stuff, and let me just mystify you for a bit. Let me make you laugh, in my case, because I'm a comic magician, but let me let me make you laugh for a bit or whatever it is. Right. It's, uh, it's, it is. It's very, I think it's very powerful stuff, and for children as well. I mean... Wes, I, I know that. So you you visit children uh, in, in children's hospitals. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna tell you a story in a second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's it's something I tried. I'm trying to think it was before I had kids. I couldn't do it. It was too upsetting for me, too emotional for me, and I I just couldn't. And I remember speaking to I think it was a nurse there, something about it. And I said, I'm having real problems. She goes, You're not alone. She goes. It, it, it's it does and please she said don't feel bad it's understandable i said i mean these kids are so brave for what they do for what and they have no choice and they don't understand the complexities they're only kids they don't understand the complexities as adult does um but what you can do to just bring that smile to not only an adult but in this case a child is, is i mean it's amazing i mean it's, it's it is you're right natalie what we do is a gift as well it, it's a different sort of gift oh absolutely it's def- definitely different one of my restaurants that I was working before the pandemic was uh, near a hospital. And I made it a point to go to every single table and I didn't care 
what the reason was. They could be trying to pitch Amway. Um, I've had that happen where they were just selling something across the table. And I'm like, maybe I can get that guy out of the meeting for two seconds and smile because he's getting berated over there. And, the, you know, the guy that's right. pitching, it's always, okay, thank you. Hey, goodbye. You know, he's always trying to push y'all. But I didn't care. You know, the first dates were always um, awkward. And I would try to break the tension, give them something to talk about, you know, and, and you know, break the ice. Um, but if they had a medical bracelet on, that didn't stop me either. I'd go over there and entertain them. And so many times, you know, we're over here having dinner. Our dad just passed away. And I can't believe you made us smile. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but I never, that never stopped me. It didn't, I don't, you know, they're just people. Um, but when I go to hospital rooms, it might be ignorance, Jason, a thousand percent, because I don't know what I'm getting into. When I was 18 years old, I worked for a, um, a Halloween event in October and I worked there for six years. I did a sideshow. I did scary magic and they sent us to, uh, King's Daughters Hospital in Virginia Beach and back then, when I was 18, they didn't have HIPAA laws like they have here. HIPAA, I don't know what it stands for, but they can't tell you what's wrong with people. Um, it's your right. Oh, okay. you, you can tell people, but they're not allowed to tell you. When I was 18, that wasn't a law here in, in the States. So they just said, go over and see Tommy. He's got cancer. He probably won't be here tomorrow. Um, and that's how they told me to do magic. That was totally different than it is today. Today, they're like, that's yeah, Tommy. Yeah. He's 14. Go on in. I don't know if Tommy has a broken wrist, uh, high blood pressure, uh, cancer, AIDS. I don't know anything. They just send me in the room. Um, and one room I went into, I, I tell the story in a lot of my television interviews, but Natalie videotapes, we get permission and sign paperwork and everything because it inspires other people and it encourages other people to give back. And these poor kids at children's hospitals, you know, God bless them. And especially at Christmas time because they try mm -hmm. to send them home with IV bags and all this stuff. So if they're there at Christmas still, they really need your love. So um, I'm going room to room, and they're like, all right, that's, I just keep making up the name Tommy. Tom, that's Tommy. Tommy's 14. He's the next room. Go ahead on in. And sometimes the nurse follows in. Sometimes she sits in the hallway. And uh, Natalie and I go in, and I go see Tommy, and Tommy's got a trach tube in his throat, and his eyes are rolled back in his head. And I immediately look to whoever's to my left or right, visitors, and I start performing for them. And I'm putting my magic down on the bed at his feet. And I call his little sister up. And I do a magic trick with her. And mom and dad come over. And they start doing magic. And they're laughing or whatever. And they're having a good time. And you feel the tension, the energy in the room. I don't know how to explain it. It might be woo-woo. It might be... Uh, no, you could you could feel it. It was it changed. Something. It, it was like somebody... It was like the lights had a dimmer. And the lights turned brighter in the room. It didn't. But it felt that way. And it felt like it was a cold room, and it felt like it got hotter. It felt like it got warmer, yeah. loving energy. And um, I thanked everybody. I have a little magic kit that I give them so the kid can practice magic long after I'm gone and everything. And um, I give them the kit, so I gave it to the sister and to give to the boy or whatever. And um, as I leave, the father follows us out in the hallway and says, Hey, uh, I can't thank you enough for what you just did. We just found out five minutes ago that my son's going to be paralyzed the rest of his life. Um, and he was on, he's a trach tube. His eyes rolled back in his head because he's heavily medicated. He had no idea I was even in the room. He had just, uh, broke his, broke his back, broke his neck or something, um, sleigh riding on Christmas Eve. So, I mean, you don't know what you're getting in the rooms. Uh, one little room I walked into, the girl looked like she was in a motorcycle wreck. She was like seven and it looked like 
half her face was ripped off, like like Freddy Krueger type scars on her face. And I'm showing her sponge balls and I'm showing her card tricks and she's laughing, but I'm scared to make her laugh because it looks like it's tearing the scabs. It looks like it's painful, yeah. <laughs> right, and right. I look over at the brother and the brother had it, but on the opposite side of his face and they were sharing a room. He was passed out on main pain medication, but they said those kids were in a bad car wreck and the car caught on fire. And they couldn't leave for Christmas. So, I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get. But those people, I mean, they were so... That little girl was just a little girl in her heart. I mean, she she wanted to laugh. She wanted to have fun. She wanted to participate in the magic. And she had a blast. And, uh, you know, they draw me little pictures and give me hugs. And, dude, it's just... To be able to do that, I am super blessed. Yeah. I don't think twice about it. Yeah. But my problem is I don't know. I don't know about this stuff. So if a kid has a trick tube in, I try to talk to them. And then people are like, you know, I found out later from a respiratory therapist. Oh, they can't talk. They're going to be medicated because they have a trick tube in, silly. Right. I don't know this. I don't know this stuff. So, you know, and you got to watch your, you know, it's stuff that I've learned in restaurants. You know, you don't ask for a right hand until you know that they have one. Um, it's it's stuff from years and years and years of experience. You know, can I borrow the palm of your right hand? I want to do a magic. They don't have a hand. So you right. you just talk to them and get to know them. And as they uncover their hands from the bed and everything, make sure you kind of just tiptoe through it. Yeah. yeah. But that's uh that's the hospital visits, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm blessed to be able to do it. I told Natalie if I hit the lottery, I'd still want to do that. I'd still want to perform. Amazing. But I definitely want to still do that, yeah. So, yeah, I think we have a, a gift, and it's it's awesome to be able to share with people. And with our kids, with, with having children, I have, you know, I always had respect for audiences. I, thank you for buying a ticket to my show. Thank you for, you know, coming out to my show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that I have kids, I know what it's like to have to get them dressed to comb the little girl's hair. To get you everybody know, out the to, door to, at a to, certain time. Oh my lord, it's like herding cats. To to <laughs> yeah, to get the babysitter, to get everything, to to hurry home from work, to get that process started, to even go to the show. You know, God forbid I lose my voice like that lady in last week's podcast, and I had to cancel a show. I, I would never want to do that. You know, I performed the night my mom yeah. died. I I did a show because I know what it takes for all those people to go out and buy tickets and go out of their way to go online to buy a ticket or to go to the store to buy a ticket and then come that night to do the show, you could replace it and say, yeah, we'll do it next Friday. But how many of those people could be there next Friday? You, you can't. That's a once-in-a-lifetime right. thing, man. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway, getting back to you, how are, are you feeling a lot better? Are you, um, are you feeling back to yourself, or is it still a slow process after? I mean, because that was major. It's still a slow, for sure, it's still a slow process. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm on, you know, you have to take medication, you do all this stuff, which sort of messes with your system and all, and, uh, you know, you have dizzy days and all that, but at the same time, the medication is what's, uh, what's saving you. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm up, I'm moving, I'm driving, I'm, I'm doing stuff, I'm just doing it um, maybe not as much to the extent that I used to. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone who sees it, they're like, wow, you just, you, you look amazing. I guess in my mind, I thought, you know, I'd be, be using a walker for a month, and that wasn't the case. And within a few hours of being open off, I was doing the stairs. I was shocked. Awesome. But that's part of what they do now. They used to, in the 
my grandfather, when he had a, um, a heart attack, my father told me, he said, no, he was like in bed for six, seven weeks. He said, don't move. Now oh they can get you up. Walk, walk, walk. Move, move, move. Do what you got to do. So um, I think that as the year goes on, I'll feel better. I won't, won't be as um, paranoid of every little flutter in my heart. What was that? What was that? Yeah. You know, which is apparently very, very common um, because you're, you're, you're nervous now. You're nervous that this is what's going to happen because... You know, you think that people are going to have heart attacks are, you know, typically 60-year-old men with big, big bellies and holding a beer in one hand and a hamburger and a cigar in the other, whatever. It's not the case. And you hear 40-year-old marathon runners in peak physical shape dropping dead of a heart attack. Right. And it just, it, it, you, just, you, you just don't know. So, again, what I say, life is short. Uh, what, what are the two rules in life? Number one, don't sweat the small stuff. Number two, it's all small stuff. Yeah. Um, Did they have to do an angioplasty? Did you have any... Anything... Pardon me? Did you have to get an angioplasty? Did you have to get the balloon clogged arteries? They have to... Yeah, and you get, you get a stent. Um, <clears throat> there's something that just sort of holds it open and does whatever. I don't know. It's all... All but my pay grade. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, that's uh, they, they did it. And they did a, a, an absolute stupendous job and um, amazing. So yeah, I mean, you just I, like I didn't have surgery or anything. So thank goodness. I mean, other than you know, catheter to be for the, the, the stent and all that that goes yeah. in your vein. But it's uh, that's sort of gross. But anyway, it's um, yeah. As I say, I was very, it was extremely, it was very close. It was very very close. You don't realize it's close until after, and you're hearing the stories, and my wife is telling me, and whatever. But it's it's uh, it's quite it's quite remarkable, um, and it just makes you know. As I say, I've had a lot of friends around me who one friend decided I'm going to get my blood pressure checked because he hadn't had a physical in a couple of years because of COVID. Um, you know, a yearly physical from his doctor, and apparently his blood pressure was off the charts. He had no idea. Mm. And the doctor said. And now you begin your blood pressure meds. So like my friend said to me, he goes, Jason, you may have just inadvertently saved my life. I'm like, awesome. Turn your note. Great. I'm glad I'm glad that good is coming out of this. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was uh that's been my as I say, my 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 uh my interesting uh last part of last part of the year. So it's uh we finished, we go into twenty twenty two. And just, um, just being grateful and just pushing through. Well, no one can say you had a dull 2021, that's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, that's my. So true. It's so, so true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So this, uh, this first part of the podcast has been... Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hospital Wait, Talk with uh, Jason Palter. No, but it's been good. Co- yeah. Comedy magician, Jason Palter. No. Hospital Talk. <laughs> it's been good. Well, can you imagine if someone's tuning in now going, did, did I just hit the Dr. Oz show? What, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> what the hell the podcast they just tuned in on? All right, so last year we talked and we said, we're going to do a whole podcast just about restaurants. How did you oh, get my. started? In, how did you get started in restaurants? And uh, what was your what was your take on it? You know, I'll tell you, I agree with a lot what you said. I was 17 years old, and, and I uh, started a re- started performing at a restaurant. Um, I just thought it was a way to make some money. I, and, and, of course, to perform and all that. It 
didn't dawn on me of how significant, as you say, Wes, what it does for you as a performer. So my style is very improvisational. I, uh, I, I, I ad-lib a lot, and I have to, and I, and I do things very quickly on the fly, and that's what I'm known for, and whatever. I mean, you know, obviously follow a script if the client needs you to, but I don't. I'm also an actor, as you guys know, so I'm, I'm used to sort of playing in that, in that realm of, of improv, but you can't do that in front of a mirror. So the restaurant, when you're doing, let's say whatever, four hours a night, um, uh, one or two, three nights a week, and you're just going from table to table to table, six minutes here, five minutes here, two minutes at this one, ten minutes at this one, over and over and over again. It's like the, as I say, the instructions on the shampoo bottles, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Uh, and that's what you're just doing over and over and over again. You start to develop a lot of what to do when someone's drunk. What to do when they pick the wrong card? What to do when you forget the card? What to do when you blah, 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 blah. And it just goes crazy. And for me, I was also going through a very difficult time in my life in teenagers on, on a personal level. Uh, I, was, I was 17 when I did my first, uh, started my first restaurant. And what was amazing is that I found those four hours a night, three nights a week, were therapy for me. Because I, as, you know, as performers, we all know, we get into a zone. I mean, how often, I don't know if this is the case with you, but for me, how often I will come off stage and I'll say, I'm so glad I videoed that recording, that that show, because I don't remember what just happened. I was so in the zone, it was meshing nicely with the crowd, you had a great show, and so you're just in your own area. So I found that doing the restaurant magic on a therapeutic level was tremendous for me because um, it just, it was an escape for me, and I could just improvise and play and joke with people and, 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 and make my mistakes and learn from my mistakes and do it again. Uh, yeah, it made me some money. didn't make me a lot. It's not like the type of money you get when you book a show, but it's steady. It's consistent. You can hand out business cards. People can ask you for your business cards. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a sort of my, I don't like to just hand out without being asked first. I think that's a little cheesy. I, 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 I prefer you know, to throw in a business card down and say, here, book me, as opposed to, you know, you wait for somebody to ask. Um, oh, I throw them down their throats. I put them in their wallets. I'll, I'll help them. <laughs> you never know when you'll need this. That's right. But it's, um, it's very, um, it, it, it's, it's great. And also, as a, then when I started creating magic in later years, and, and one of the restaurants I was at, 12, 12 years, three nights a week, uh, I outlasted six general managers, um, and it also, when I was developing some of my products um, that I sell, I create, I, I, I worked them on in the restaurant because it's, it, it's, it's not, it's a, it's guaranteed bookings every week. So actually, the the um, the uh, demo video footage for Third Degree Burn and now Third Degree Burn 2.0 which is probably my best-selling trick, was all filmed in a restaurant I was performing for at the time. Uh, and they were kind enough to allow me to, to, to bring in uh, someone with a camera and to do this stuff. <clears throat> so when, I, when, when I'm meeting younger magicians and they're saying, you know, what can I do to get better? What can I do? Whatever. I said, learn a few tricks. That's good. But stop learning every single trick in the book because nobody cares, number one. Number two, start working on your performance. Because at the end of the day, and you, I, I may have even said this the last time you guys had me on a, a guest on your podcast, the audience member, the audience, 
doesn't know and doesn't care if the way the card got from the deck of cards into your pocket, for instance, is from some complex sleight of hand move that you worked every night on crazy to, in front of mirrors, or if it was a little elastic band and zip, zipped it in there when, when they weren't looking. And again, I'm just using an example. The audience doesn't care. They just know the effect. They know one was there, and now it's there. That's all they know because they don't know how the trick works. So to me, I want to focus on the performance of it. And the restaurant is an amazing way to do that because you, you – oh, my gosh. I mean, can you remember, Wes, uh, what age were you when you started doing restaurant magic? 16, 17. Yeah, right before I got my driver's license, my mom and dad used to drive me to my first restaurant. It was a Malaysian restaurant. I didn't even understand the type of food they had there. I was like, what? You got some kind of shish kebab lamb on a shish kebab? Yeah. So even even before, and depending on what restaurant you are working at, what type, what the crowd is like, and depending on whether you drank early or not, but you were dealing with drunk people. Long before you were drinking me, I was, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was doing the same thing too. And you have to learn how to deal with someone who's had four glasses of wine at a table, but you're there as the magician to do. How do you figure that out? You got to work on what happens when you're just about to reveal the spectator's watch in a box or whatever it is. Again, I'm just using an example. Just as the server, who's totally bogged down with five plates in his or her hand, coming up to the table, putting it down on the table, everyone's heads, they go and they look at the, at the food just as you're about to say, ta-da! Oh, crap. Now, they turn to look at the food, then they look back at you as you go, ta-da, and they're going, ah, oh, you just made us, well, you made the waitress come over and, and do this. No, no, it's the, the timing. So you learn how to improvise around that. You learn how do you get around that. That is... You can't learn that in front of a mirror no. or off of a video. you got to do it. you got to get stomped a few times until you figure it out. And I I had to figure out that stuff for myself because nobody taught me. And my thing nobody is I always had my peripheral going so I could see the waitress on her way over. And uh, a lot of times I would grab my left wrist or grab my right wrist and I put my hands above my head. I'm not going to move until she finishes his food. Yes, exactly. But something like that. Yeah. Where you've got to learn how to do that. Or something like you're about to reveal the card yep. as the fourth person comes and sits down at the table. You yep. thought it was a table of three. You didn't realize that, that, that he was in the washroom. Going, and now he comes back just as you're about to reveal the ring or reveal the card or whatever. So it's it's a really, and I and honestly, I just liked it. I, I really enjoyed, it was tough work because I put a lot of energy into my shows, even if I'm just doing walk-around, close-up stuff. Um, but I really en enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed having the repeat come in. I enjoyed trying out my new stuff. And I highly recommend it for somebody who is trying to hone their skills of performing, of, uh, you know, just, just, just start performing. Anything that you can do. And even if the restaurant's not paying you a ton of money or you're only working for tips or whatever it is, just do it. Just do it. Um, because you really... I agree with you, Wes. For me, that was so groundbreaking at that time in my life when I was doing that first restaurant for about three and a half years um, when I was 17. That was that was huge and sh helping to shape my character as a performer. As I sort of was come, what, what's the line? Is you're coming into your own. As I was figuring out who I, who I was as a performer. And of course, it continued to evolve and it developed and, and it's still evolving as it always is. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. 
I had return customers that would come to my restaurant 48 out of 52 weeks a year. And I would always try to come up with at least two new tricks to show them. And then something from the older older stash. So it made me it made me on purpose learn new magic every week. Um, even if it was a new card reveal or, you know, something. Sometimes, you know, uh, you could do a puzzle. Or, you know, have you ever seen this before? And then you just do a puzzle with them. Just something new constantly learning, constantly evolving. And, uh, you know, towards the end of my run, I haven't done... So I did Fool Us in March 2020. And when I came home, the world shut down. And I didn't go back to restaurants. Number one, I don't want to do a restaurant. You know, face-to-face, -face, having people touch my playing cards, touch coins, your close-up magic, with a mask on, they're not going to get my nuances. It's not going to work with a mask. Um, number yeah, and um, when I was doing restaurants right before that, I got it a lot more often. Not that I'm famous, not that I'm a celebrity, not that I'm even trying to say any of that. But I had a lot more people ask, why are you here? You're, you're too big to be here. Why are you here? And I was constantly saying that, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock still do, you know, little comedy nightclub dive bars to work on new material. And it's a thousand percent true. I can't go do a, uh, what is it, $250, $300 an hour of close-up magic yeah. with a two-hour minimum and work on new material at that type of event for a law firm right. agency across the world. But I can try out new material at a restaurant that I'm working every single week. And that's where right. I could bust in new stuff. And, you know, nowadays I can try it at a coffee shop or, you know, I go to my regular bank and the people know me and I can try out new material there. But it it was it was priceless, man. It was awesome. And, you know, I still have friends that I met in restaurants that I've seen their children grow up week after week after week and... The connections that you made. Because in our line of work, and what I love about the podcast, is I get to meet people from all over the world in different lines of work. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how does that work? Because I only know magic. Seriously, I only know magic. How, how do you make it work? What do you do? That's weird. You go to the same place right. every day? Does that get boring? <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's true. It's back to that city most, country most, the, the, the tale that, that I was talking about earlier. It's... Um, it's it's amazing. And our jobs in the restaurant, I always say, is and when I'm, if I've ever been coaching people and you know the magicians on this and whatever, I said just don't forget that restaurant succeeds and does very well without you. Don't you ever forget that you are an enhancement. You're not. You may be the reason some people come, but overall, if you lost your job and you weren't working, I'm going to tell you right now. That restaurant is still going to be serving great food and is going to succeed and do well. So don't get cocky. I don't mind you being confident, but don't get cocky about it. Just remember that. So I, I, the line I used to say is, I'm an ambassador. I'm there. I'm, my job is to put those customers in a good mood. When they're in a good mood, they're going to treat the servers uh, and, the, and the bus people and all the staff, they're going to treat them better and tip them better. Now that when the servers are being tipped better, they're in a better mood as well, everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. So that's my job. And when Table five burger hit the floor in the kitchen and they're making a new one and holy crap, there's a delay, Jason, uh, Table 5, we just had a problem. No problem. I'm on it. Boom, I'm at that table. 
suddenly those extra eight minutes or whatever they had to wait for another burger to be freshly cooked, it was was vanishing like in a time warp um, because you were there making them laugh and or, or entertaining them or fooling them or whatever it was, and they're back. That's your job. So the restaurant does well without you. You're there as an enhancement to the to the customer's experience. And um, listen, as as one of the managers. One of my restaurant jobs said to me, he goes, look, Jason, I get comment cards all the time about you. I'm like, great. I mean, that, that, that I'm doing my job. I just, are there any complaints? Because I always say, I, I don't like to hear complaints, but you want to know. So if there's something you're doing wrong, you can improve or whatever. And I remember him saying to me, look, I'll get people who will say the service was slow. The food sucked. But I really like that magician. We're coming back to see him. He goes, well, that's what brings him in. Maybe we had an off night, Jason. Maybe the food was off. Maybe the server wasn't uh, was having a bad night. But if that's what brings him in, so that again reinforces what I say: you are an enhancement to the customer's experience. The restaurant does well without you, so don't get don't get too angry if the server puts food down while you're performing, because people's first and foremost reason for being there is because it's called a restaurant. They're there <laughs> to eat. They're not. They're not a magic show. They're there to eat. So that's the priority. You're just there as an enhancement for it. And I think if you have that act, listen, it doesn't mean you're not going to get frustrated when you were just about to have a great ta-da moment. But if you are there with that attitude, I think that you're going to have a much better time in, in your employment in the restaurant, understanding that and not to get too upset because restaurant's job, first and foremost, serve the food, make them happy, turn it over, bring in the next group. Right. We had... Um... I was helping somebody break into the restaurant business during uh, COVID times, and they were just trying to look for something. They wanted to go full time during that that time, and um, you know I was breaking out all my old lecture notes and everything. And when I approached a restaurant, I loved the win win situation. You go there and you say, "Hey, how does Monday nights look for you?" Oh, we're packed on Monday nights. That's great. You know, I can help entertain people while it takes a little longer for food. Do you have a wait to get in the restaurant? I'll work that line. I'll make it feel like it's no wait. So that's great. We're dead on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. That's great. Give me eight weeks. If I don't have a line out the door, feel free to fire me. <laughs> give me give me eight weeks to try it. Yeah. It's, you, you customize whatever, whatever they need, right? It's just a win-win situation. No matter what they tell you, you're going to help them. Um. And I honestly, I used that eight weeks to get to know the customers. I never got to know the staff really because the staff come and go so quick. The customers will last way longer than the staff. And um, I, I got to know one staff member. It was uh, Natalie. She was a waitress at a restaurant. But um, yeah, it was just one of those things, man. Um, and, you know, some of the some of the waitresses would, you know, end up after five years being uh, assistant manager or manager. And they're like. You really don't know my name after all this time. I'm out on the floor working with the people. I'm, I'm no, I don't know your name. I was doing six restaurants, you know, nine restaurants, six days a week at one point. I, I couldn't remember all those different people and all those different restaurants. And they would move. They, they could, they could be there for six years, but if they don't work Tuesday nights anymore, well, I don't see them. Yeah. And they know me, but I don't know them. That's right, because there's only one magician to remember. Yeah. A ton of staff and to remember for sure. Yeah. No, but I um I was coaching I was coaching this person about uh restaurants and I like the eight week contract because by the end of eight weeks they see that business is definitely increased or people are asking for me and it's undeniable. 
What was your what was your pull? Did you do an eight week contract? What did you do? No, I, I didn't. I never. Um, you know, I was sort of much longer term. It sounds like you had multiple spaces. I had over. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I just I I would do one at a time. I never did two okay. at a time. Uh, and I and I stayed for a long. I was very fortunate that they would employ me for a while, and then. I would move on, or uh, they decided they can't, they don't want to spend any more money, or they get someone new higher up in head office. And says, don't work, you know, just a, just a bean counter who's only concerned about that. That actually did happen at one place where uh, they said, Jason, so we got to let you go. I said, you got to be kidding me. They said, you're bringing in business, you're maintaining consistency for a lot of our customers, but there's someone up in higher office, whatever, looking at numbers. They said, you know, I. <laughs> I said, it, it, it just blows my mind. He says, I know. I just said, I know because I actually said to head office, he said, but this is what he does. Yeah, yeah, we know. He said, have you come down to watch Jason? Well, no, it doesn't. No, no. Have you come down to watch what he does? And so, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't come in to see, to understand the value of what they're paying because, let's face it, restaurant magicians, you don't make nearly as much money as if you are doing um, a regular show, like a regular corporate or private gig. But it's a hell of a lot more than a waitress. Yeah, hell of a lot more, absolutely. But if, when you look at it overall, what it is, what they're paying you really is the difference of only, you know, maybe, again, depending on what it is and how often, uh, you know, like two or three tables a night coming in is what they're paying you. But if you're bringing in a lot of people, you know, as you say to the restaurant, would two or three tables a night really make or break your numbers? Well, no, it wouldn't. Okay, then. But look at everything I'm bringing here for that co- for, for that amount of money. Look at the increase that you're getting. But unfortunately, and I've said this, Wes, we've talked about it before, some people just don't have the vision. They're only focused on the dollar. They don't understand the creativity. They don't understand thinking outside of the square. They don't understand trying things a little bit different. Maybe for a little off-center, that's what stands out. Be different. And if it's uh, Thursday night and you're going to go eat out, where do you want to eat at? You want to eat out at the place that sells burgers? You want to eat at the place that sells burgers and sells fun? Let's yeah, have fun exactly. tonight, Mom. It helps a little bit. Right. I was, and I always say that about just something to be different. So my daughter is auditioning for an art school uh, very shortly, and... Um, we were talking about this and just which monologue she wanted to do. And I was saying to her, it's something that I was told many, many years ago when I did a class for acting, for auditioning. And, and I remember the, the coach saying, look, in the case of audition, whatever, they're seeing so many people audition for that part of the day. Be different. Do something that makes you, even if you don't get it. Make a different choice. Do something funny. Uh, you know, don't be obnoxious, obviously, but do something different that stands out. And as I was saying to my daughters, whatever you're doing in this audition, let's let's try and shape it, or let me help you shape it a little bit, so that there's something that's going to be memorable about it. So, in the case of the restaurant, something that's going to stand out is you—they've got a magician. You know, there's, there's, that that makes you stand, that makes you stand out as a business. Makes you stand out from the guy across the street. You know, the, the, the establishment across the street. And so, um, when we're talking about thinking outside of the square and just being uh, just being different, you wanna I don't know. Just some people just don't have vision. They just don't get it. They just think restaurant is food, serve the 
evil, I'll clean everything up. But it's not. There's more to it than that. There's nuances. It's it's the same thing when we're doing a routine on stage. There's nuances and subtleties that you bring to the performance and how you shape it in that moment. There's there's an art to it. It's just it's what I say as an actor. I said so that people understand this who aren't magicians. I say as an actor, I can t- I can teach you how to read a script. Anyone, you know, you can teach somebody who is not literate in theory. You can teach him to read, but I can't teach you how to act. So I can teach you how to do a magic trick, but I can't teach you how to perform. So part of what the restaurant stuff does and the, and the re- repetitiveness of a performance is helps you to build your performance, your nuances, the little bits, how, learning how to handle people on stage. Because Wes, you and I have talked about this before, how nasty some magicians are to their to their audience members that they get to help them with a trick or get them to help them with a routine on stage and and they think they're being funny and clever they're not they're being downright embarrassing and so there's there's little nuances like that i mean a, a, a real and god forbid if you get show, that god forbid if you get that audience member in your show later on they don't want to help they're sheepish they've been burned before well that's just it yeah and so I, I, you know, I've had that before where people are a little bit shy. So I like, you know, the first few things that I'm doing on stage when I'm doing a show is for the establishing is try try to establish that, you know, hopefully they think I'm a nice guy and hopefully they think that um, that I'm approachable and I'm not going to embarrass them on stage. But I was just speaking to another magician about this a couple of weeks ago, even just something that's subtle. So if you're doing a show on a stage where um, there's stairs, a really nice thing to do is when the audience member's coming up to the stairs, come and meet them at the stairs. When they're, thank you very much, let's let's give give them a big hand. Even if it's a gentleman that you've had up on stage, walk him to the stairs and just be prepared that if he stumbles a little, boom, you're there to grab him. You know what? It's a subtle thing, but I think on even on a subconscious level, it sets into people's minds, that guy cares about his audience. Yeah. He's making sure just instead of just letting them go and you're going off to your case to go get the next thing, and this guy's going ass over tea kettle down the stairs, um, and hope he, hope he lands on his feet, right? So, but still, it's um, it's not uh, it's not cool. So little things like that where you just you get to you get to build um, 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 your, your your performance, get to build your, your style that you're doing with people. I just think it's important, and I and that the restaurant definitely helped me with that. Dude, we could talk about this for another three podcasts. We are out of time. Paltergeist.com is where you can get all of Jason's awesome creations. P-A-L-T-E-R-G-E-I-S-T.com. And JasonPalterLive.com to find out where he'll be performing next. And uh, check him out on Facebook. Jason Palter, P-A-L-T-E-R. Jason, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome, too. I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me again. And anytime you want, I'd love to chat more. Absolutely. We'll we do always it. have fun with you. We'll do it again. It's easy, man. It's yeah. You're like my brother, man. I love you. I, I swear I do. Um, hey, stay on the line. I have a couple Thanks. plugs, and then we'll uh, wrap everything up. Uh, our TV show, West Isley's Magic Life, has now been picked up by Golden Media Syndication. They're selling our show across the country, so check your local listings to see if we're in your area. If not, ask your local cable provider, and hopefully we will be soon. Also, check out WesIsley.com for show merch, our logo t-shirts, my TV podcast t-shirts, Magic Man hats, stickers, playing cards, and more. See you next week.
Check us out online at wesisley.com and patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore Isley for behind the scenes videos, blooper videos, never before seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I.